0: South
1: Africa, mm. shout out to Kyle Wood, shout out to Kyle, Wood. Out to Kyle Wood. here we go yo, it's the ever so cool euphonic, yo this is Will Clark, what's up this is your boy shimza this is caster from uh, Crazy White Boy, hey what's up guys this is James Deacon and you're listening to After Hours with Kyle Wood.
0: What's up? This is Julian Gomez and you are listening to After Hours with Kyle Wood.
1: Let's jump into... The, the fact that the album is a companion album from Slow Poison to Poisoned. And you can correct me if I'm wrong here, but um, or from out of line in any way, but these albums seem to have been quite a cathartic journey for you from the one album to the next, where you're releasing music that surely has a deeper meaning on a personal level. And as you progressed from Slow Poisoned into Poisoned, this, this album kind of comes across as a bit of a conclusive piece for you.
0: Yeah, definitely, bro. Yeah, it does seem to have a, an, a, a kind of... I'm not sure what the musical term is, but it has, like, a, a finishing feel to it. You know, like, it's... All the journey's kind of complete now. Um, but, like, like you bring up Slow Poison and Poison. I think Poison wasn't really planned. Um, and if I'm allowed to get into it, like, just straight, just straight in. But, like, Poison wasn't planned. It just came from... Um, Being in lockdown and then me just kind of figuring out how could we allow Slow Poison to kind of just live and like reignite its flame. Because as you know, three months into the release of Slow Poison, lockdown, COVID, world's gone crazy. Like, you know, everything's just kind of out of place. So it seemed like, you know, I was trying to figure out how do like, like, how do we live within the music? And that's where this idea came. You know like being poisoned, and how you know the the album can kind of move into a different space and time, and like the core energy can still remain, mm. but the 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 album can sound different because it's in a different space and time, and this is where you you get poisoned, you know this is where you know you get the whole finishing feeling to like you know that's the journey like kind of complete, and yeah the music music's always personal to me, bro, you know you know even my d j sets are personal, i try and be all like. You know, also, No, absolutely. You know
1: what I mean? That's what came across to me. You know, I, I obviously listened to Slow Poison um, when it came out, and there was there was so much music to digest, but there were only a few that really made it through that you could listen to and repeat. That was one of them. And then when you sent me the new, um, when you sent me Poisoned, I, I, I had that going as well, you know, and I could ma- make the connection between the two. And I wanted to ask you just straight off the bat, the theme resonated with you where it was talking about toxicity and poison and poisoned and darkness because there was a lot of that running theme throughout your music between those two albums
0: yeah i think i think artists like should always reflect the times they live in and although we live in a much you could say like tech savvy better society than we lived in like in medieval ages or whatever like where people were being beheaded for, like, stealing an orange or something, you know? Like, <laughs> yeah. Uh, we, like, we still live in a toxic world. We still live in a poisonous world. We still live around a lot of evil. We still live a- around a lot of negative energy. So I just feel like uh, it's my responsibility not to just be, like, uh, you know, a producer that makes a single and then releases that single and tries and get a few gigs off the back of that single. But I always felt like music should mean more. And have more personal feeling towards it. So this is where you get the idea of like, look, man, like people are toxic, some relationships are toxic. Um, we do live in a dark world uh where things are pretty dark. And in the current time we're living in now, it is pretty like it's pretty dark. It's not, I'm not really a, a, a depressive person. I don't really like force my like my cause everyone has depression, but I won't force my impression on, on someone and say like, you know, like, I'm not really a negative person. That's the best way I can put it, but I can use music to like tell a story and try and show people that look, you know, it is dark times. We are living in crazy times. There are toxic things going on. And, um, yeah, man, I think the end of the story is always a positive one. I'm trying to show you what's real Mm. in the same breath. I'm trying to tell you like, you know, there's things you can do to get through it. And I think that's always been my—that's always been my tone with Lay Dreamer to Slow Poison and Poison. It's always been my tone to like show you what's real, but also tell you that you can get through it. And I think that's the balance I always try and strike.
1: And one of the other things that I noticed um, across the two of these albums that there was a progression or a change. Or some sort of opposite development in terms of the titles of the records, which is what brought me to my point when I started the interview of seeing that this is this album is now sort of come to a conclusion of a point or an error in your life. Stay, walk away, original into unusual, or asambe into Vakamoya. You know, these these yeah, yeah. different uh, movements from one title to the other, they all relate to one another. Was that was that always the point to kind of show indirectly without spelling it out for people? that there has been a sense of conclusion coming through with Poisoned now.
0: Yeah, that that was definitely the the intention. I think the intention was always to, you know, have two sides of the story. And obviously one side is the one you know, which is Slow Poison, and the other one is the one you're about to know, which is Poisoned. And I think you can take whichever direction you want to with the music. like. I feel that if you listen to Poisoned, um, you can hear it's a little bit darker, mm. more like the mood is just like a, in a darker space. And I, I suppose that, you know, it's contributed to the fact that we were in lockdown and that mentally we were all like struggling with uncertainty and a lot of different things they were like kind of, we were trying to figure out is, you know, we're quite resilient as, you know, human beings. Like we adapt quite quick, mm. but um, you know, it's just, uh, we, we just have to like keep pushing. And that's how I saw poison. It's like, I wasn't prepared to allow slow poison to just be three, a three month album. And then, you know, um, okay, cool. Well, that's it. You know, like, let me give up now because it's COVID and I can't really demand attention from people as they have their own personal problems and own struggles in their life trying to deal with this whole thing, this whole pandemic. So that kind of, that whole situation, like really forced me into a creative space where, you know, how do we, like, how do we just like reignite the flame, like I said, and like take it to a whole nother journey. And this is why it wasn't going to make sense for me to say, oh, well, it's the Slow Poison remix album, because that doesn't feel like, that doesn't really feel like the the honest truth. It's it, For me, it's like, it's more, well, this is the Poison album. This is like the conclusion. Yeah. This is the end of the journey. And if you listen right through from the beginning of Slow Poison all the way into Poison, you kind of get. The idea we're on the last track of unusual mm. like everything starts to like yes reverse, like, i love like it more, i love like, that yes it's like a sonic conclusion of, yes you know the whole journey yeah you know what i mean
1: no exactly i was gonna get to that because that was one of my favorite bits was as it all came to an end you went through each track in reverse real quickly as in like what well, and we're back you know, it was a, that that alone was the, the point of where it, it brought me to my point of speaking to you about the conclusion. It was that little added extra at the end which which really makes all the difference. And you know, a lot of people may disregard it, but you know, I'm a music geek and I nerd out yeah, yeah. into things of production, of to the meanings behind track titles and how these things all come together. So that's why I was so excited to, to chat to you about this because as you know, you know, when we spoke Late Dreamer five years ago. We had spoken about me knowing you since um the Deep House Chronicles G family. And prior to that, yeah. you doing mixes on Go TV and being through the um the journey with you and Kid, yeah. and then you going onto your side and kids going onto his, and how everybody stayed in their own lane and you in particularly have done so with that too. And what I admire the the most is that um and what I admire about the music that you make and admire about the journey that you go through is that you do it your way it doesn't come across as if you're trying to imitate anybody that there is a specific sound diverse but there's a specific way that you're going about it sometimes when you choose the longer road it can be a a good thing because you're kind of setting the bar higher not only for yourself but for your peers as producers would you would you find that that's kind of uh, irrelevant to you where you'd go okay cool i'd rather take the the longer route but know that with that comes an exceptional way higher class product
0: yeah no i get you bro um well let me first say i'm glad that you listen so deep you know with music because it's like the fact that you picked up on the whole you know looping of the end like that's the thing that like really makes me happy because like these are things that you take the time that you throw yourself into and like when people actually listen you know, and, like, understand, it. it's like, yes, I got, I, like, I achieved what mm. I've meant to achieve, even even if it's one person, like, I'm happy, because, like, that's all you need is for someone to, like, get it and be like, okay, cool, like, you got it, you know, and um, so, yeah, man, thanks for listening, first of all, um, and then, like, you know, everything else, the the, the question you asked me, um, I think it is difficult, but you know, sometimes you do fall back into your mind, and you ask yourself, like, You know, you're taking such a long road to, you know, to this place you want to get to. And it's like, it is, it is difficult because it's like, you feel it's a lonely road, first of all, because you feel like everyone's just doing their own thing and like kind of conforming and adapting to a trend or doing whatever they're going to do to like, kind of be on the front line. Mm. But I think for me, from a very young age in my career, I decided that it was never going to be about, you know when are you going to be on the forefront of it when are you going to be on the front lines and everyone's in it It was never about that for me it was it was always about the, the 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 catalog and it was always about what am i going to leave behind like is it going to be my story or is it going to be some confused story of like you know a lot of different influences of the scene or the industry or whatever so i decided to to make a choice and i stuck with it and yes it is lonely sometimes when or have someone for instance that just releases one record and it's like it's on a trend and then you know it's like you feel like you're getting looked like people are looking past you but for me i've been lucky because i feel that people have stuck by me and then people have just been supporting me non-stop you know for i don't know how many years now like i think i'm like i could be wrong but i started in 2003 djing and i'm now at 2021 20, Seriously. Not DJing much, <laughs> making music. <laughs> Not DJing much, making music. Yeah. But um, yeah, man, that's a long time to stay consistent, you know? And and I think the only way I could have done that is by remaining true to myself, but by also having people that support me and actually care, like to be like, yo, can you come on an interview? And I'd, I'd really like to talk to you. That's like, for, for me, this is fuel, you know, like it's mm. what's keeping me going. So yeah, bro, like I, this is who I am and this is what I'm going to do. And I'm happy doing it. and to add to that, lastly, I would say um, I want to evolve as well, but like, I don't want to stay within the box or stay within the sound. And especially this year and last year, I found myself drifting quite, you know, uncertainly, but also like very in a creative space towards new sounds and new ideas of how I want to write. Music. Mm. And I think that's keeping me going. That's keeping me very excited about the new music I'm working on. So it's also about evolving, you know?
1: You mentioned how important it is for you to evolve as an artist and evolve with the music that you make, you know, so that when people follow you for so many years, they're also going on that journey with you so that there's, there's not just one certain sound or one trick that anybody does and they can expect the same. That's never been the case. How would you say, um, or like you said earlier that there's, there's a lot of noise around you and you said the road can be quite lonely a lot of the time when you are doing this in a certain way that like you are, how do you combat that where you, your peers or anybody around you may be releasing track after track and then going about it in the sense of the business sense? How do you see that compared to you going about it the, the way that will, at the end of the day, pay off more because you're leaving behind a legacy that you want to leave behind where you're making music that matters versus you were in it for a quick hit and tour where you actually you're in a space now where you're making music following a long-term passion and project that and and timeline that you've put together for yourself
0: i see i see it for what it is bro like i really see it for it's an industry it's a business and it's a module that you know keeps changing um artists some artists are created some artists are made um and some artists are just born artists um I suppose I just see it for what it is. Like, and I don't have, I don't really have a problem with it. Like I'm not, you know, like the biggest mistake I find so many electronic music music producers do, like that you could say, label them underground or whatever, is that mm. they get into the space where they feel like things aren't really working or that they can't really get to that next step. And I, I, I see them get like better and like that kind of energy just like weighs them down. So like, I don't have any of that energy on me like I just see it for what it is it's a business you know like you in the business I'm in the business Mm. we in the music business we in the entertainment business you know so I just see it as I wish them well I wish them all the luck and success that they can that they can get out of their out of their movements or out of their strategy and I I honestly do wish them well but I think for me my biggest priority is every morning I wake up like am I happy like that i can be creative i have my health i have you know everything i need to 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 make music you know maybe i need a little bit more but we'll get there and i say you know in time but um but everything i need brandy if all i need is my like all i need is my health and my brain power to actually make music and be creative and that's okay with me bro like i don't really need anything else besides food water and creativity you know and that that's okay you know, yeah, this, yeah. I need, I need food. I need to eat, and yeah, it is a business to me. You know, this is a music business. This is a music industry. So yeah, I am a businessman at times um, when it comes to music and and the music industry. And and then when it's time to be creative and step into the creative, you know, um, suit, then that's what I'm gonna do. Mm. So yeah, I would say that that's what keeps me going. It's just kind of just understanding, like you know, acknowledging, you know, how lucky you are to wake up every morning, still be alive. And do something you love. Like I think, you know, sometimes you can take that for granted.
1: And I think a lot of people really do. And I think that's it's yeah, it's definitely. it's amazing to hear that you do because not many artists do have such a, a positive outlook and such a clean outlook on, you know, there's less noise in what you've just said. It's three things that you can wake up and be happy about where there's a lot of noise with anybody else and you know I'm not talking about anybody in in particular I'm just saying that that a lot of people in various industries take those simple little things for granted all the time and you you talk about being happy when you're making music moving into a space where you're making music every day you you make music for yourself you make a music for your mental health you make a music that doesn't necessarily have to be heard by anybody you make a music that could just be for the time being of where you are you making music and this is your moment you know nobody has to hear everything that you make and often i speak to artists and I I ask quite a redundant question of like there must be such a massive bank of music that is untouched, unreleased and unheard by anybody and that's always the case. It's always a yes, there is and it's obvious that producers would have this flurry of music but my question that goes deeper than that, that when you either come across a record that you've worked on years ago for whatever reason it may be or when you are making a track that wasn't with the intention of it being on an album or on an EP. At what point during that process of intentional material just for your own sanity or material just testing new gear or new sounds, art, at what point do you go, okay, this one, the world has to hear?
0: Hey, that That's a good question because even like Love Song 28, that was on my hard drive for about two years. No way, really. <laughs> and, after, after, and I was like, I was like, I'm not sure I'm gonna release this. It's like too soft. It's too like <laughs> no you know, way, it's, dude. Too, it's too love. It's too lovey-dovey. And I was like, mm, I don't know. I think I'm just gonna keep this on my hard drive. I'm lucky. I'm lucky, and I'm glad <laughs> I didn't release that record. But uh, you're right, bro. Like I think the way I make music and. Um, I want to get into a new space where I just wake up in the morning and I treat it like a job, like just make music, make music, make music, go crazy. But the way I see it is um, when I make music, like I see I see the vision. I, see, I actually like, I actually get a calling to make the album.
1: Mm. Like,
0: and it comes to mind, the album artworks there before, the name of the album's there, the energy and the ideas and like the kind of tone that I want to set is all in line and it's starting to like all align itself. And that's when i go into studio and start making music so it's, it's kind of strange that i see it before i make it i, I don't know if that's like like probably the weirdest analogy because you would think you know you would hear it before you know but mm. like i mm. see it so i actually see the album i see what i want to do with it um and then yeah i just kind of go in and i start like that's where i have to go in and i have to let loose and just go you know and just kind of make music but yeah, I'm also learning new production techniques in terms of like how I make music. Like sometimes I do overthink a lot. Um, and that's why you got like these many layers to my music. Like mm-hmm. if you listen to a lot of um, if you listen to a lot of records, it's just like one kick drum, you yeah. know, and one clap. Yeah. And like sonically it's good, but like I overthink things. So I'm like, yeah, I think I need another kick drum. <laughs> and then yeah. <laughs> claps. Yeah. You know, maybe four caps and six hats. <laughs> and I just keep layering and, layering and layering and layering. And I think, you know, I want to get better at just like kind of free flowing, not overthinking, mm-hmm. just like enjoying the moment. And I think if you're a music producer or you're in music and you can have those moments of those blackouts, I call them blackouts, where you literally black out and you don't feel anything anymore. It feels like you're not in your body and you just kind of, and just the going. music's just coming out then I think that's a good place to be as a producer. That's where you're gonna make your best music. Um, and that's where I would encourage anyone and even myself to get to. It's just that space of out, yeah.
1: I heard somebody um, say something the other day um, about where where your body's at its end of exhaustion, but when pure adrenaline and love and passion for something is just keeping you going on autopilot is where the best, best of you comes out.
0: Yeah, exactly.
1: How did you see Coming back to Poisoned, how did you see that before you got into it over the period of lockdown? Because there was a lot of uncertainty and darkness with that and there was already the album that was released. But you mentioned how you you, you have a vision of making music prior to what you may hear that you want to make. What was the difference there with this project?
0: So with, um, with Slow Poison morphing and like kind of moving into Poisoned, um, obviously saw Slow Poison and the idea of Slow Poison was to write an album that again like spoke truth to where we at like we're all going through our own issues we are slowly have our own we slowly poison ourselves with our own mind sometimes mm. you know like we literally slowly poisoning ourselves um, so I think like that's where that came from and then I think what happened is sitting at home in a studio locked down very confused dark times what's gonna happen what's going on i was just like but look the only saving grace you have is your music now so yeah. you gotta like just dive in and, and go there and that's where i went Dived into the music try and figure out okay cool like so what i want to do i just want to write another few songs and just put another other, another album out just because i'm like you know i'm like desperate to put music out i was like no like the story's not finished so like that's where you know you get poison coming in and like I wanted to also like even if you look at the design and like the way I labeled the 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 song titles and stuff like it wasn't going to be oh slow poison and then in red you know uh slow poison remix it was like I thought no it needs to morph so like the colors change into green which is more of a like a you could say more of like a final color of a a toxic energy for sure yeah yeah. You know yeah. I mean from yellow to green, it has that energy of like, okay, you've gotten to that conclusion point of poison. So that's that's how I that's how deep I get into music is the colors and the titles and everything even the name changes and stuff. So that's how I saw poison. I actually literally saw the album like morphing in my mind and like digitally, like you know, glitching, clipping, and like like morphing, and then like the, the, the green the green kind of taking, like, almost like Venom. Yeah, you know, no, like,
1: I'm, I'm with yeah. you with the green, you know, you, you think, you think, you think poison, you think poison Ivy, you think green, you you see it like move or shift into spaces like that. I'm, I'm with you. And to hear that you go that deep into the project to that level where it's not just, okay, here's the record or here's my perfectionism on just one track. It goes, it follows through right down to the artwork, the whole whole vision of the project.
0: Exactly. So, yeah, that's how I saw it, just kind of morphing and changing into that space. And, yeah, the music is a bit darker, as you could hear, and a bit more moody. And I suppose, yeah, that was the time and space that we were in. So that's why it sounds the way it sounds. So I think it's cool to listen to both albums and be like, wow, this was before COVID. This is after COVID.
1: Yeah, that's quite interesting. <laughs> I don't know what I mean. well, yeah. Not after COVID. Yeah, COVID no, 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 no. We're in COVID light now. <laughs> For that it's matter, like light now. <laughs> Exactly light So yeah. One, what, like one more key thing that I found was, and what irritated me the most um, over COVID was, and I, I get it. I get the, the concepts about it, and mainly re- relating to because over the period I, I was very tapped into Apple Music and how they were interacting with artists on like an at-home basis, which was amazing because it kind of put people into perspective as, as to where each artist was. And that was kind of where this idea was birthed from. It started over over COVID and over lockdown, where I could connect with old friends and old people that I used to work with um, and in the music industry and just touch base because I think there was the only w- way you could connect with people because you couldn't physically. And one of That's... the things that came from that was that so many artists refrained from releasing music over that period for the, for the, mm. for, for, for the idea of it's not the right time. It's, there's too much yeah. noise going on in the world. For me, I was like, are you absolutely mad? Do you realize how how much music means to people on a mental on a mental level and on how much it's necessary for people to have and to withhold something that all people can really do is watch and listen in their own space. You're withholding this creative piece of your mind that could maybe help somebody through a really tough mental journey because over that period, people started listening to music so differently. They weren't surrounded by 3,000 people in a club or in a festival um, experiencing a live version of music. They actually started being able to intently listen to music and what went in behind it. And over the last couple of months, a few people have mentioned that they've taken it in into the, their own right, that they make music differently now, knowing that it's being consumed differently. It's not just for the floor or for the club, but it's also for the person on a personal level while they're at home, while they're doing whatever they're doing. Do you... Have that mindset of making music in a sense that you know that this isn't just going to be for the floor or for the festival?
0: Yo, man, that's like such a good question. Um, I think uh, in the first part of the question, I would say, yeah, bro, it also kind of frustrated me um, that so many artists weren't releasing, but I can understand why because, you know, we make music to tour because the whole framework of the music industry has changed. So, you know, just the way royalties work and how you're getting paid by all yours. We're not selling a physical product anymore. So that has changed the music industry big time. And that's why, that's why one, for, one, for one, that's why festivals are more expensive because the acts are more expensive because they capitalise off the fact that, look, I don't make the money I used to on my records of actually selling physical records, but I, if you want to see me live, then you're going to have to pay. So I think a lot of artists did that. They were like, why should I release this music? because, you know, I need to kind of save it so I can actually tour it when it's ready. But like, we're still and we can't tour. Bro. So, <laughs> yes. you, know, you know, I agree with you. I think it's important, like, you know, even if you did an EP or if you stretched it out, like personally, I stretched out Poisoned. Mm. So mm. I released like one single for a month, another single for a month, another single for a month until we got here yeah, where I said, okay, cool. We can't hold back anymore. We mm. have to roll out the whole album. So, um, that's, that's, I think it is important, but, and, um, the second part of the question, I would say, yes, that's like something I was just thinking about yesterday, actually, is that I can feel like the way I make music is so much different. You know, like we don't make mixing blocks the first, you know, 16, 32 seconds of a record anymore, because, you know, on streaming, it's like... Like yeah you know people 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 <laughs> people, people have changed you know it's crazy, right, you know how social media changes the way our brains have you know wired themselves
1: the attention span that we have now
0: it's the same way yeah, the attention span exactly, right, and I think that even with music, the music technology companies, they have changed the way we consume music, even with like a lot of different things, like um just like we just need it straight in, you know, like, cool, give me the hook, give me this, give me that, give me this, give me that. And I think that is definitely changing a lot of producers and artists' ways of how they used to make music. Um, But I think there's a balance because I think it's a quite nice, it's a nice challenge bro, to write music differently than, you know, when you're released on a 12-inch vinyl. Um, I think it's pretty cool to, like, you know, release music now that's a little bit in a different space and being consumed different because it challenges you and how you want to arrange your records now. So um, I think it's cool. I think it's um I think do whatever you want. Like you know in terms of your music and how you want to arrange it. But I I kind of like the idea of and I think it's going to make a lot of house music, dance music artists sound like a full-rounded artist now because it's just going to push me to writing songs and not dance dance tracks. You know, like you're going to have to write a song now, not just like a bassline. Cause you know what I mean? It's, it's not, that's just how it's gonna be. You're gonna have to start writing songs.
1: And and there, there's it has its perks because the real artist has to come out now. You can't hide behind a club banger, for lack of a better term. I hate that term. Yeah. But bang. you can't hide behind something that's okay, cool, yeah, man. This is a dance record. Yeah. People are listening and consuming music across the spectrum all day. It, it, it's very difficult to um, get people to listen to an album in order and mm. that that that's another thing with streaming which is which is quite tricky for artists is when you release something that may be longer so like your piece is eight tracks and there's a journey with that but i've seen some other releases come through and they could be like a 20 track album and they're trying to tell a journey over something that's that long people don't consume music like that anymore
0: not anymore no no, I think that that's that doesn't happen. Like, I I personally can't listen to a twenty-track album. No, you know, yeah. unless unless the tracks are like unless like it's a floating um uh, floating points or album or yeah, like yeah, yeah, flying yeah, Lotus. yeah, yeah. Oh no, then,
1: no, no then I'm good.
0: with you. I'm with you. <laughs> yeah, because yeah. flying lows, the, the, the songs are short. It's like two minutes, you know, interlude then it's like and the way but honestly it's about the feeling so you can have a 50 track album that's about pushing it but yeah let's keep, let's keep it at 20 yeah. you can have a 15 to 20 track album but it just has to feel right and it just has to capture the audience like it just has to keep them locked in mm. but if you're just throwing it because it's just see that's where strategy overtakes creativity and, and intention because you think let's just offload all this music onto this album And all the little streams we'll get from the little songs um, will add up, you know what I mean? But if you have intention and if you really want to connect with your audience, you will know that that's not going to work. So you will then decide, cool, like, how do I capture my audience? How do I keep them locked in with the story? For me, an album's supposed to feel like a story. It mustn't just feel like, oh, this guy just made a house album and put 10 songs on. And then he's going to, you know, push one or two singles. And then he's going to do some gigs
1: you know what i mean no no exactly and that's why i when i received it from you i'd listen to it start from finish i think maybe three or four times it was actually a an album you, you could hear where you were within the, the story and where it got to and, th- and that's that's very seldom the case especially in the electronic music scene an album isn't considered a storytelling opportunity anymore and this is which is fantastic and touching on the point with um how people connect with the music how do you take in the fact that so many people on on a daily basis because you put so much emotion into your music and so much of yourself and so much thought process behind making the records that you do yes there's a lot of noise of oh great track great track great track but there's a lot of people that reach out and and mention to you how a certain track or a certain mood or a certain vibe over this period of time when you made these certain tracks, got them through some serious times how do you how do you take that in? How do you even begin to take that in to realize that what you've put together has helped somebody in a way that you would only have ever hoped for it to be
0: that's like that's for me that's like that's everything like that's literally everything when it comes to music is like I feel like that's why music was created by by higher power, by God, or however you want to put it, you know, whatever you believe in religiously or, you know, whatever your opinion is on, mm. w- on earth or what you believe spirituality to be. I feel like music, that's the reason why it was created. Like that's the reason why music exists um, is because it was made to connect us in a different language that we could speak beyond race, color, creed, religion, no matter what it what it be. Because I can tell you, I can tell you, I can come to you and say, Kaya, like, you know, everything's going to be okay. Um, but because I maybe, and I'm not using you as an example. I'm not saying this is what you think about. Yeah, yeah, maybe, you know. maybe I'm wearing like a a, a color on, on my shirt that you really don't like. It kind of distracts you. And you're like, you know, I don't even hear what this guy's saying. I just really don't like the color of his t-shirt. <laughs> you know You know what I mean? It's like I'm using a stupid example. I don't want to be like too comfortable with religion or race. Um, But that's why like even like black music, essentially, like you think about how much emotion is in black music from Motown to soul to house music, techno, whatever it may be. And the way it's just like taken over and it's just kind of connects with so many human beings is incredible. You know, like you feel those people's pain, their, their, Mm. their struggle. You feel you know, what's going through their minds in that specific period of time, you know, especially the old records I'm talking about. Because I find myself gravitating towards a lot, to a lot of the records that are, like, written very hectic times, you know, mm. say the 70s, the 80s mm. or whatever, but specifically the 70s and the 60s. Um, so, yeah, bro, like, I think that's why music was made. And I think it's incredible. And I think when people gravitate towards me and say, listen, this song saved my life. Like I was at a a gig a long time ago and um, I think it was at Carfax. This guy came up to me and he was like, yo man, like I'm just letting you know, like, you know, I did want to commit suicide, but um, I just listened to Late Dreamer and it literally saved my life. Like I'm telling you, like, and for me, like, I don't even know, like I get emotional about it because I'm just like, I don't think I'm like, I don't think I'm like some superhuman being that saved a human being's life. I don't get any of those feelings, but I just feel like that's like, it just makes it worth it, Mm. you know? And I think if you can find what makes things worth it, it, like, I think that's so special, you know? Like, I feel like that's incredible that someone can be so attached to a piece of music that you put out that um, that's changed their life. And I feel like that's the only intention that I want for my music or for music in general is for it to really connect with human beings and help them. Maybe it makes you sad, maybe it makes you happy you know uh, maybe it makes you change your mind about something maybe it gets you out of a very difficult situation but i feel like that's the intention and um that's the end game that's like that is the real conclusion of music you know is how does it affect you and how has it helped you you know that's how i feel about it
1: dude i'm I'm gonna leave it there because that was just so beautifully put
0: and thank you for the interview man i really appreciate it you know i don't really like doing interviews but like I enjoy doing interviews with you because you actually take the time and you actually care about what, you know, I have to say. So I just want to say thank you so much. And I really do appreciate you taking the time to listen to me and to, like, even just take the time, bro, to, like, to speak to me, you know. So I do appreciate it, bro. Thank you.